1: So we are popping in on a Sunday in your feed, which means it's a more than mom episode. We do these a couple Sundays a month and we use them as an opportunity to depart from motherhood and parenting and talk about...
0: Whatever we feel like talking about.
1: Whatever we feel like talking about. And since, in case you missed it, we had a big celebration this week. Earlier this week was our 200th episode and our four-year-to-the-day anniversary of this show. So we thought we would kind of continue the conversation. We talked a lot about kind of what we've learned about motherhood through podcasting on Tuesday. Today's show is going to be more of like a then and now of actually how we make this show and what's changed in our lives since yeah. we've been doing it
0: so much oh my goodness it's crazy yeah so not only how so much has changed in our lives but how much how we do the show has changed yeah exactly
1: and we hear from you guys sometimes that the behind the scenes of podcasting is fun it just i know as a podcast listener Even though I know what we do, it's still so interesting. I still kind of picture other podcasters in a fancy recording studio. Don't you? You don't think
0: they're all doing it in their bed like me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But... You are. And we are. So we're going to yeah. talk about just, yeah, how much has changed. Um, and this was a great listener suggestion, by the way, from a listener yeah. named Kara, who said Thank that you, would Kara. be fun. Um, and she even suggested we play our old intro, which we oh will at goodness. some point. We're going to have um, Brian insert that. So, okay, yeah, it'll oh, be boy. a little retrospective. <laughs> But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair.
0: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created.
1: That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one.
0: Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash momhour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right, are we ready to dive in? Yeah, we got a lot to cover. Um, oh my gosh, okay.
1: So I wanna ask you this question. We're gonna kind of snapshot back in time in our time machine. Okay. Um, and again, if you listen to 200, you know it's been exactly four years. So in March of 2015, Megan, Um, how old were your kids to start with?
0: Um, gosh. Okay. So I had to go back and do this math. Uh, Clara had just turned six, like five days earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Owen was nine. Will was 11. Isaac was 15 and Jacob was 17. And I do remember when um, we had that intro with all their
1: ages on it. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys will hear it. So we, we said, or at least I said my kids specific ages. I think you at least said six through 17. Oh, <laughs> the middle. That was smart of me, right? <laughs> okay. So what's funny is I'm looking at this and I just put it together now, but you had a six, nine and 11 and that's what my kids are now. Is that wow, crazy? Well, that is so crazy. Reed and Allegra have spring birthdays. So they are actually not quite nine and 11. They're still eight and 10, but this is the time of year where, you know, you do it in the fall you start to round up because everyone's about to turn something so when we started this show Violet was newly two um so a young two Reed and Allegra were four and six but when we recorded that intro I did call them five and seven which bought us a year of um you know that's so funny (laughs) like being correct but what's funny is we kept that intro for way too long and my kids would sometimes hear it in the car or if I was listening to the show and they'd be like mom I'm nine now I'm not four, whatever it said. It did say two, five. We made
0: it eventually so much easier on ourselves. We were just less specific. I think that's one of those things you just don't think about when you first start something like this. And then later you're like, like when are we going to re-record the intro? And back then like recording was a big deal. Like it, it was hard.
1: It was both a big deal, but also I don't think we took it quite as seriously because yeah, the show was true. new and small. I remember, I think you just told me what to say in the intro and we just recorded it the very first day we recorded. Yep. And we're like, okay, yep. well, let's just that's done. say this. And I will say, even though we got a little more vague, uh, we did our second iteration of the intro said we have five kids from preschool to teen. And I did have to eventually also rewrite that because yep. my preschooler is now in kindergarten. So, Yeah that kids get older. Spoiler alert. It, it happens. And listeners, your kids are also four years older than they used Which to be. it's crazy. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Okay, so what about the home you live in and who lives under your roof? I, I'll go first. Mine, I think, has changed a little less. But um, in 2015, we were in this same house. We'd only been in this house um, about six months, so it was still kind of new. We moved to California in August of 2014 from Arizona. So I was still newly living in this area and living in this house, um, the same people, the same five of us under this roof, my husband, the three kids, we did have an older dog who passed away in 2016. Um, and so, and then we got a puppy in spring of 22 years ago of 2017. So in this time we ha- we were down one dog and then up one dog, but other than and that, just when
0: you got all your kids off to school, you, you took on a new dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, so, he's better now though. He is better, but you had some stress around that. that yes, yeah, it was. It's yeah.
1: hard recording with a puppy. It's hard doing anything <laughs> yeah. with a puppy. Okay. How about you?
0: So, um, well, in 2015, it would have been me and the five kids and my husband. Um, and we lived in a different house. Then in 2017, my now ex-husband and I got divorced. So, uh, And then in last year, April of 2018, so just about a year ago, I think I was actually prepping to move right now. Mm -hmm. Um, we moved to a different house. So now it's like me, same kid, not, you know, minus the ex-husband, same kids, but on a rotating schedule with the adult kids kind of coming in and out at will. Although my son Isaac just technically moved out, although I think he's going to be back (laughs) <laughs> on the weekends. Um, I have a feeling he got his own place, but I think he'll be back a lot. And we still have the dog, um, but we also added a kitty cat.
1: Yeah. And that was around the time you got the cat in your old house, right? Yeah. So I like had the post cat. Post divorce, for two years. but pre move. Yep.
0: Okay. Yep. I got the cat two years ago now. You so. got
1: that cat when it was a guest on your radio show, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I did a radio program?
0: morning show for two years and um, Johnny and Megan mornings at 98.3 The Coast. And I they had like a furry friends Friday and they'd always bring in animals. And I always joked that I was going to end up getting one of them. Yeah. And they brought this skinny, scrawny cat in that was so like aggressively affectionate that I was like joking that the cat had an attachment disorder. But then I <laughs> said, you know what? I want that cat because I need something to snuggle at yeah. night. And it was just like the best. And I couldn't stop thinking about her. I like obsessed about her yeah. for days. And then I finally went and got her and it's, she's been just the best thing ever. Like everyone loves her. Owen oh, said awesome. she brought the whole family together.
1: I love it. He said, this
0: is the, he said, this cat is the best decision this family ever made. <laughs> it's like, wow, Owen. No pressure. dramatic. No yeah, pressure, no pressure. Isn't her exactly.
1: name Gia? Um, yeah, Gia. Okay. So next question. How about your work situation? I mean, we, regular listeners know this podcast has become a, you know, a source of income and a big chunk of our jobs, but obviously it always hasn't been that way. And it's not all, it doesn't look the same for both of us. So what were you doing work-wise four years ago?
0: Oh gosh. Okay. So four years ago, I had kind of wound down the blogging, but I still was doing a lot of freelancing. I had like three or four copywriting and edu- um, like editorial contracts. So I was definitely working And very tell much everybody full-time.
1: what that looked like, just if they're not from the blogging world, like you weren't blogging as much at the happiest home personally, right, but I was blogging being- on behalf
0: of other companies right. and sometimes I was managing writers for their blogs and just like I was working on a project for women infants and children where I was creating like online nutritional programs and stuff so I had like three or four of those at a time at any given time so I'd be switching back and forth like one would be like a local tourism site and then another mm-hmm. one would be parenting content and blah 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 yeah so, I was gonna say um, they
1: weren't all motherhood and parenting no related. They Some were tangentially but not yeah, at all.
0: yeah. So that was keeping me busy, and so the podcast was just—I mean, the podcast to me was like three things. First of all, it was a way for me to keep talking about parenting and still have a personal brand of some sort because I kind of gave that up. Well, like like the whole personal writing when I was everything I was doing was for clients, so yeah. I wasn't really doing a lot of my own writing. So this was a way to continue to kind of explore those topics when I wasn't doing that blog anymore. Um, it was also a good way to stay in touch with some people from the happiest home community. Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone followed over, but some did. And it was Mm -hmm. a nice way to like, kind of keep those connections. And it was just a passion project. I kind of knew podcasting. I had a feeling podcasting was going to get big. I just, I couldn't tell what the timing was going to be. Well, we were kind of right in the middle of it, actually. It was when it had just sort of started to get big was when we were sort of just launching this show. And I'd been podcasting a while by that point. But not for the mom hour obviously because it was brand new so you know it it like had a few different I didn't really at that time think oh in four years like podcasting by itself will be my full-time job right I didn't really think that far ahead I guess but I knew it had the potential yeah so yeah no you
1: definitely saw um people in podcasting often reference um the release of this uh serial from this American Life as like one of those pivotal moments, not the only one, and certainly there was podcasting before that. But I always had it in my mind that we were slightly before that, but we were just slightly after. So, Serial yeah. was October of twenty fourteen. You, mm-hmm. you who were already podcasting. You already knew it, but for some reason, and you've been on
0: my shows and stuff. I with had me. been so on like, your shows. Yeah, yep. yep.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But that's always like a. It's interesting to know that. And then I would. I think that moms in general have really started coming to podcasts in the last like two years. Wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, I agree. Like we even were like after... a little bit ahead of our, of our people, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So for me, I was actually working less in March of 2015 than almost any other period since I've become a mom, except for one other where I was a fully, fully stay at home mom, no side hustles or gigs right after Reed was born for about six or nine months um and then i started getting kind of into the editorial stuff and writing and blogging but other than that i think i just remember it was slower for you because first of all i had been working for you since 2013 and your work like you said was going more to these other contracts and we were doing less and less at the happiest home and lifestyle wise that actually made a lot of sense for me we did this big move, um, to California. You had a toddler. I had a toddler. See, that's the thing. Like when I was working quite a bit for you, 10 hours a week, I was pregnant and had a little baby. And then I had like a little bit of kids in school, but I still had predictable naps and stuff. And then we got into this phase where I had a kid in elementary school, a kid in preschool and a very busy toddler. And it was actually like harder to predict the work at that time than it had been when she was a baby. So it was actually, I remember kind of thinking it was perfect. And then the podcast almost was like, almost a just for fun thing. I mean, yeah. of course we wanted it to be good, but it, it was like, I didn't, it definitely was not work for me. And yeah, we didn't
0: expect it to blow yeah. up quite the same way yeah. that it did. I think we were thinking, oh, you know, the podcasting could lead us down some interesting paths, but right. I... I wasn't anticipating this particular show getting, you know, the yeah. response it did, which yeah. is great, yeah, it is yeah,
1: ok. So next question, and we have kind of a lot to say here. this is this is kind of fun. So where and how did you record? Did we record? But obviously, we're across the country from each other. So what did your recording situation look like in the very early days?
0: So in the very early days, um, my ex-John had set up this whole sit, like situation for me at my desk with like a boom mic on an arm that was clamped onto the side of the desk. Actually, it was like clamped onto a piece of wood that I think was like nailed into the wall or something <laughs> because the desk had too big of a, like didn't have enough lip yep. for it to get under. Um, and I was using this enormous Mac and we had this very complicated recording situation. So in, th- in that time, I was the one doing the recording since like, I don't know, for two years or so, you've been the one doing the recording. Yeah. But at first it was me. Meaning and like so, you
1: were pushing buttons on your
0: end and I was, was pushing just buttons talking. on my yeah. end. Yep. And so... I would sit down and every time it was like reinventing the computer, like because (laughs) it was like we had Skype to record and then we had to get the files into GarageBand. But you couldn't directly do that at that time. You had to have some third party piece of software. I don't know if that's true anymore. We, We abandoned that a long time ago. Right. So you had to have something that would get it from Skype into GarageBand. Um, at first we weren't even using, so our, our host now is Blueberry and we've had Blueberry for a long time, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. But at first we were like uploading everything to Amazon web services. Oh,
1: wow. I so
0: don't think I even there wasn't knew that. really even, okay. there was no way to track stats really. You could kind of get a rough idea about how much data was being used. I mean, it was like very rudimentary and it was guesswork. So every time I got on my computer, every time I shut the computer down, all of the settings would reset. Oh my gosh. So I'd have to go back in and go, okay, is my mic on? Yes. Um, Is it being read by the computer? Yes. Is the thing that connects Skype to GarageBand working? Yes. Like it was like a checklist. And honestly, half the time I forgot something and something didn't sound right. Or, you know, it was, we had some snafus for sure. And I would just
1: be there on the other, because I I didn't know what any of it looked like or any of it worked. I mean, I I know so much more about the technical side than I did then. So I'd just be sitting there like, okay, I'm ready when you are. And I would have
0: John on call. And then he would do all the editing in GarageBand, which, Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't like a trained audio engineer and it took him a long time i think mostly because i think like he kind of nerded out on it but at the same time like it just he didn't have any efficiencies in place for it because he was using a very garage band is a very complicated program it is it's yeah and the the edits we needed like there was always something that went wrong so most of our edits
1: i think were related to like technical difficulties like Skype yes. dropping out. That's what I remembered. We yep. never edited our like conversation or if we said something no. or messed up, we still don't. The only time we do is when we read our wonderful sponsor spots and those have mm-hmm. to be delivered more precisely. Therefore we screw up a bunch. Yep.
0: But yeah, we more don't if like a dog barks. Or That's, something. True. That's true. That's true. The door rings. Rings. But yeah. yeah, but for the most part, that, the way we hand over the, the finished product is the same. It's just getting there. There were a lot more technical problems. And so I used to be really stressed out when I would sit down to record it's kind of funny to think back now like this is so now that you kind of handle all the button pushing and also (laughs) now and we'll talk about our new system now that it's so much better I feel like this is actually a really relaxing time of the week but like it used to be very stressful.
1: It did. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, there's there was a different time period somewhere in the middle where it was also very stressful, but it was less to do with technology and more to do with our schedules. And we have yes. the luxury of now all all three of my kids are in school full time. Yours have been in school all full time for a while. But then right as mine started to have more school time, you took a full time eight to five nine to five job yeah. so we have over the years have had to record at crazy weird times I would was often kicking my husband and three little kids out of the house on yep. a Saturday or getting up at a crazy time or I'm just wondering
0: like when did we actually do it I, I mean I guess I came home on my lunch break and did it sometimes no I think we did like...
1: weekends when you were working we? for the eight for the marketing agency we did weekends okay because it was a big it... shift for me when I didn't have to record on weekends yeah. anymore yeah
0: I, and I, just I know and you being... too I'm sure Well, and I just remember if there was anything that like went wrong or had to be fixed, like during the week, that was super stressful for me during that time. So luckily that that time didn't last too long, thankfully, but (laughs) We got a lot done during that time. It was just stressful. We
1: did. And the show um, had its own momentum and a pretty robust audience by then. So we didn't have the choice. If if those circumstances had happened in the first six months, we just would have skipped weeks probably. We would have been like, oh, but by the time that period went into place, we were like, well, we got to get it done. So I kind of got ahead of myself. I want to go back and talk a little bit about my recording setup in the early days, because this is so funny. I looked back at my Amazon orders uh, because I wasn't sure, but I I did not have a mic at all when we started. Started, which means That's so funny, not at all. And then I had this little one um, called the Blue Snowflake, which probably now if I tried to get it to work, it wasn't the mic's fault, but there was some compatibility issue. And we're still not clear if it ever worked or if it worked for a little while <laughs> and then stopped working. But your ex, John, would listen to our audio. And this is maybe three or four or five months in. And I remember he'd always say, you know, let's set aside some time to, to get Sarah <laughs> to set up talk about this. so she doesn't sound like garbage. And you and I were both like, oh, yeah, we should definitely do that. Yeah, it would be great to, like, take a look at that. And we never did. We just we kept getting did. on. So I was recording... First, without a mic at all, then with this little, it's a little dinky thing. It's like really small. It's not a real podcasting mic. And I'm not sure if it ever worked. And it definitely stopped working. So that was another like almost a year. So I ordered the mic that we have, which we love. It's the Audio Technica 2100. It's a favorite in this price range for podcasters. I did not order it till October of 2016, which is a full year and a half into (laughs) doing this show. So blanket apologies for Sarah's sound quality in the first. I mean, that's like 70 episodes or something. Yeah,
0: it was a lot. Yeah. But I did go back and listen to our first episode and you didn't sound anywhere near as good as you do now. But I think for like a 2015 homespun podcast, we sounded pretty good. Like I've definitely heard ones that sound much worse. So (laughs) don't feel too bad about it.
1: Um okay so do you want to talk about what recording what your mic and your setup situation sure. looks like now or any any phases in the middle that we skipped? Yeah well
0: because there was like another phase where we <laughs> where we discovered Cleanfeed which is yes. what we use now to record and it's just better in every possible way it kind of eliminated that need for all those different pieces yes. of technology and it made it very simple And Cleanfeed um, is
1: the piece that replaces basically Skype and GarageBand and like Garage it Band. it allows us to connect to each other from you know a million miles away but then it also does the recording yeah they
0: were does the recording it doesn't do the like you can't edit in it right we send that on to yeah our engineers for that so um this is when i picked up the mic in my cleavage trick which i've talked about before because i i'm on my bed i've been on my bed now recording since clean Feet early days which would have been what like two
1: two years ago i think probably probably a little longer
0: yeah like two and a half years ago it was like it was fall of 2016 when you started working at the radio yep 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 because we got that tip from my co-host yeah um, so two and a half told us about it Mm -hmm. so you know, when I'm recording on my bed and I didn't have the boom anymore. And I did that for several reasons. Um, One of them being the sound is just better. There's more soft things around yeah. and it absorbs sound. I'm more comfortable. I didn't have to be on my computer that was the big beast anymore right. because I wasn't doing the recording on this end. Um, but then I was like, what am I going to do with my mic? I would try to hold it. That didn't work. And finally, I realized if I just stuff it in my bra, <laughs> it stays in place and my mouth is close to it. I'm kind of talking down into my cleavage right now. Um, but that's where I picked up that trick. I love it, and that's it. how I still do it, even in a different house. I still now have my and mic stuffed do you, in my bra. Did you
1: get a new mic at some point? I feel like you did. You had the old. I like used a, to have a Rode yeah
0: um, podcaster, which is a really nice mic, but uh, like it's it was a little much for my needs. I don't remember why I switched to the Audio Technica. I think because Johnny recommended it, and yeah. it like it was really well. Um it came with great reviews and it's smaller. It's much yeah, you easier Yeah, you can travel it's with great. it. It's great. Now
1: we yeah. now we own I think we both own two. Yeah, it's it's our go-to. Yeah. Um okay, so yeah, we switched to Cleanfeed which switched me to being usually the one to capture the recording. Cleanfeed also does not come without some technical difficulties. Sometimes we've had many, right. but now we're in a good phase. So if you're listening to this clean feed, keep it up, keep up the good work. Um, but I moved from not caring at all about my acoustics to then starting to understand how to get a little bit better sound, got the mic, I moved up to Reed's room and I would record sitting on the floor facing into the bunk bed so that I was talking into kind of a blanket it the sound was fantastic. I remember feeling really proud of like, oh, this really does. I could start to hear the difference, no echo and all of that. Yeah. Um, And I did that for, I don't know, over two years and right around the, the, End of 2018, just this last year and like looking into the new year and we recorded so much content, like in December, you know, we always put out a ton of holiday content. And I was like, I'm done. I don't want to sit on the floor anymore in a dirty eight year old's room with Legos on the floor. Yeah. And my body hurts. And we would we would do these double header sessions where we'd record two episodes back to back. And the sound was great. All of that was great. But my bot, I was just like, I, I want to sit in a chair at, at a real table. Yep. So um, we worked to get me a little set up now. And I have a proper mic stand. It stands on the floor so I could move it around. It's like the kind of musician would use on stage or whatever. And then there's a window behind me and there's... Um, Like it's like an industrial moving blanket, the type of thing you'd wrap your dresser in if you were going to put it in a moving truck. And um, hanging that behind me just dampens a little bit of the room echo. And then I'm also set up to speak really, really closely into the mic. Because with these types of mics, if you can get right up on the mic, you already eliminate a lot of the kind of bounce and echo around. So All of that—the mic placement and the blanket behind me—I am now happily sitting back in my kitchen where I started, only knowing so much more about how to get decent sound.
0: Well, and I want to say I don't think it's ever that we didn't care about sound. It's more that we just kind of knew our limits. I think it was more Mm -hmm. I can't care to borrow your phrase. Like I can't care about that. Like we're getting a show out every week. What more do you expect from us? And then eventually, when we got good at like our process of getting the outline done and staying organized and being consistent and all those things. Then we're like, okay, now we're ready to make the next step. And we also did
1: get some emails and some iTunes reviews in the very early days with people. Most of them actually even really nice, but like, Hey, one of you's yelling in my ear and I can barely hear the other one. And that's for those of you who are curious, that's a pretty common. If you are doing an an independent podcast and starting it from your home sound and sound quality is a big hurdle. And now listeners ears are so much better trained yes. for good podcasts are so much more popular. We got away with stuff that would be hard to get away with today and be taken Seriously. Remember um, when we
0: had that thing where it sounded mm-hmm. like one of us was jangling bracelets yes. or something? And it was, a
1: mic, it was a cord problem. It was a cord problem. It wasn't even the cord jangling. Like nothing was moving. Um, but it was a, a faulty connection. It ends up sounding like a scritch scratch or bracelets jangling. And we've learned so... We also learned a lot about that when we started coaching other podcasters. Because we'd be like, holy yep. moly. Now we've got to make sure other people have good sound quality.
0: And was, we actually had our own vocabulary around it. Like we called that scratchy scratch. Yeah. And we called... um when like the wifi connection is bad and it gets like, someone's like slows down and someone speeds up or whatever we call that
1: roboting. Yeah, Cause so it actually on one end sounds like a robot. Yeah. You sound like electronically masters yes. anyway. Yeah. Oh, if you guys have a little moment where you thank all of the independent podcasters you listen to, because I guarantee they all have wanted to bang their head against the wall over Skype or any number of these. It's just, it's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. it's.
0: it's Do you, you haven't had a lot of time when you've been recording with kids in the house. I mean, I know you have had to before, but it hasn't really been. Yeah.
1: I usually just kick them out because mine are younger. It's just really, it's, it's really hard. Um, but you have, so talk about that. Yeah, I
0: have. Well, I, and it's not a big thing anymore. Now they're with their dad half the week. And if I do have to record like right now, it's almost, we're recording this on a school day. It's almost two o'clock. My kids will be coming home from school starting in an hour. They don't, they know if my door is shut, not to not to come in. In my old house and when they were younger, my where I recorded was like this office room right off of my bedroom and mm-hmm. it had a glass door between <laughs> that and the area where the kids came in. So it was like anything that happened in the house, like if the dog barked, if someone slammed the door, it was like very close. Yeah. And kids would press their faces up against <laughs> the door. Um, I did eventually put a sign up on the door that said, I think it said mom's recording, quiet please. And then I think what it said is don't read the sign out loud. Oh Because yes. the, the kids would come up and read the sign out loud and i'm like okay so that doesn't work either because you're right there on the other side of the store um so now that doesn't happen i i do occasionally have cat problems like she likes to hang out with me in my room and i don't mind but you know how cats do that thing where they rub their faces on the corners of things yes she'll decide she wants to do that on my computer which does not work when i'm trying to keep it in my lap and So, and you have had dog interruptions.
1: Dog interruptions. And with my old dog too, because both dogs will bark if they hear or see something. Um, But Xander wants to like be, get your attention. Yes. And there was a whole phase when he was a puppy where he could not even be in the room. He wanted to be near me. But I couldn't have him in there. He was too wild and too unpredictable. So I would put him in a crate. But he would bark in the crate if yeah. he knew I was in the house. He he likes his crate. If he if he knows we're gone, he's totally fine in his crate. But because he knew I was there, he would bark. So I had to move the crate into this. It sounds terrible, but it wasn't into our closet, which is a a big closet. It's so it's a, not it's like, like a room. and the light was on, and it's not. It was just like a room, but it had the most doors I could close because I could close that door, <laughs> then the bathroom door, then the. Um, outside bedroom door and then the bedroom door I was in. And so finally figured that out. So yeah, puppy drama. And then you'd
0: come back and you'd be all out of breath and you'd have yeah. to have like five minutes to like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Reset puppy. Yourself. So now he's sweaty.
1: He's right next to me and he is mostly good. But that brings me to the final funny thing, unless we think of anything else about interruptions and, you know, having background noise, which is, you guys are not going to believe this. We didn't really figure out that there was a mute button we could use to mute either of us. Like if you're on a conference call, right. And you don't want to cough into the speaker or whatever you can mute yourself and everyone else keeps talking well Cleanfeed has that functionality it has existed in the two and a half years we've been using it <laughs> and for some reason it never occurred to either of us to use that for this type of thing like oh i you know i can tell xander's gonna bark because he's getting up here i'm gonna mute myself and let you keep talking which should be i don't know it's so simple and the way it came up is i had a, a cold a few weeks ago like in january and I was getting over it, but I had just that lingering where I felt like I needed to clear my throat almost all the time because I was getting over. And I was, I told Brian, I was like, I had to suppress holding my, my husband, Brian, by the way, uh, one of our engineers is also named Brian. And I said, I had to suppress my clearing my throat for like two hours recording today. And he's like, do you guys have a mute button? And I was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like turns oh. out. And the funny thing is like from radio, I should have, there is such, there's such a
1: thing as a cough button. That's what it's called. Oh my gosh. How funny.
0: And I just didn't think about it. Like I never, I, I, there's a lot of things that are probably similar between radio and podcasting that I never put the two together. Yeah. So,
1: so I use it. Oh my gosh. I use it with abandon now, like clear my throat, stiff, my nose. You can open a LaCroix LaCroix can in the middle of recording. Well, (laughs) and I
0: got in trouble for that one time. We got a note from our sound engineer who very sweetly said um, at, you know, X timestamp, I had to remove the sound of Megan opening her LaCroix can. And I, the funny thing was, I must've gone into some kind of out of body experience (laughs) Because I did not. I had no memory of having opened it during recording. I was like, I would never do that. What is like, what a, you know, amateur hour thing to do. But I totally did. Yeah. Well, now. Thanks, now I can. I can open multiple. to this newfangled
1: thing called a mute button. Yep. <laughs>
0: That's been there the whole time. <laughs> That's been there
1: the whole time. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June.
0: Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out. (laughs) And their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I
1: love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms.
0: Visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mini-system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Okay, so moving on, I thought we could talk about the actual content of the show. We just talked a bunch about recording technically. Um, But there's several things that have changed. um, And we are going to play you guys a couple of examples of the older intro. We mentioned that. But let's talk about like the way we structured the show because now it feels so it feels like pretty routine we've kind of got our rhythm down but there's some things that we did very differently in the beginning
0: yeah um okay so this is thing i think is funny remember how we thought it would be fun to add in like a kind of like what are we up to Se- like segment at the beginning. Yes. And we ended up talking about the weather, like a whole bunch. Yes. Well, and then people were like, don't do that anymore.
1: Yes. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> so it's really funny. We did. I, I was really big into this idea of recurring segments and the few podcasts I had listened to at that time had something like, let's talk about our tip of the week or our favorite product of the week. By the right. way, I still think this is a great idea. It just wasn't us, we had yeah. trouble executing. I, our kids were in very different life stages from each other. You don't like to think of products on the spot, and I don't blame you. I have a hard yeah. time with it too. So it was like this idea I really wanted to force us into, and we tried it with both a product segment, and then also with like let's talk about what's going on in our homes this week. I completely forgot about the product segment. Yeah, That's it didn't how last very it long. To me. <laughs> it didn't last very long. And then we tried this like let's talk about what's happening in our like in our four walls this week, which is again was a great idea. But we got feedback and and I think the feedback was really uh was right. It was right on yeah. it was in our first listener survey and and listeners just said, We wish you'd get to the topic faster. And yeah. the thing is, what I realize now over four years is people are getting to know we it's it's natural for us to talk about what's going on this week in our home and like yeah, it just kind of weaves its it way in. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And it
0: doesn't mean that there's no it's not like we don't socialize at all there's zero banter at the beginning we still say hi to each other yeah. and sometimes we make a funny comment about what's going on or whatever but it's not it was forced that was the problem and we it went were trying on too to make long. it like a thing and it went on too and long. it went on yeah. 10
1: or 15 minutes and people are like um but you Enough. said this episode was about lunch packing and you're still right. talking about the weather and then the weather is kind of that's like a running joke because we both we kind of do like to talk about the weather we and we have such different weather. weather so you guys will just have to give us a pass on that one. We try not to do it at the top of the show for 10 minutes every episode, like we maybe did in the beginning. Well,
0: and a big reason that we had to kind of streamline the way we did things as well was because we did start doing advertisers more regularly. It would, Our very first show had an advertiser, but we yes. were never consistent. We weren't consistent for like
1: two years. So I would love to ask you this. I'm putting you on the spot. What, what all did you know about podcast advertising or the way that you wanted to work with sponsors? Because it really was your vision in the beginning and I was the co-host for a while Um, I knew
0: nothing because the podcasts I listened to were either ripped from the radio Mm -hmm. which meant they were usually just like an underwriter they were a lot of more public radio so they were like an underwriter at the beginning but they didn't typically in those days have um, a lot of ad breaks right ones I was listening to um, or they were all over the place most podcasts like I feel like like the whole idea of a podcast like an indie podcast being regularly sponsored at that point was unusual you mm-hmm. would hear kind of those canned ads for like casper mattresses and right brush books and stuff and uh oh, what's the other one um Squarespace, yeah. you know mm-hmm. at the beginning maybe but like it, everybody was all over the place so i knew nothing i do remember having the foresight way back in the day when i first started doing the kitchen hour which was my first mm-hmm. podcast to like create a break Mm -hmm. and I don't remember what I put in that spot at the beginning I remember thinking you know around the 15 minute or 20 minute mark I need to have some kind of break so if I ever get ads I can go back and put them in and I think I just talked about like what I had going on the blog or like if I had a you know a sponsor I was working with I think I just inserted that there but I didn't know what I was doing but you
1: already just the way you described it I think you kind of knew you had smart instincts I know you were listening to like Pat Flynn and some of the Mm -hmm. people who have their own stuff that they're selling, which is another, when we coach podcasters, like that's another thing that works really well. If you are an author or you have eBooks or you have a course or something, um, that's not our business model, but I, I think you probably had really good instincts. I obviously knew nothing about it. And so the sponsors we had in the early days were mostly brought over from your work on the happiest home. And you, you know, were able to kind of tell them how being involved on the podcast was like another another branch of working with you, but we yeah. wouldn't have had brands beating down our door from day one. Well,
0: and right. And, and I think that what what was different was that we didn't have, we hadn't yet figured out what we were offering them. So like every time yeah. we'd had mm-hmm. a possibility to include a sponsor, we were like reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Like we had to go where we would have put them. Yeah. So at the time when we first started, there was a lot of kind of um, conflicting advice out there about how to monetize and when to do it. And mm-hmm. I remember reading an article by a guy who was saying you should never put an ad on your show until it's worth it to you financially. And like you have to have X number of downloads to make Y number of dollars. And if you don't get to that right. point, don't waste your time and your listeners time doing it. And I kind of took that to heart. And now I would do it completely differently. And I, we always advise people who are starting a podcast to leave room for sponsors, mostly because you get yourself in the habit so yeah. that you don't get yourself in another habit yeah. <laughs> where you yeah. just get on and talk about whatever and then you never break. Like, and, that's hard and your to listeners break that come habit. to
1: expect it too. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's something that happened gradually. I think that's another area where we get feedback from you guys and have, you know, made an effort to make our ads fun to listen to, but also shorter and not drag on too long. And the industry, the space has changed so, so much. Oh my much. gosh. So like,
0: even in the last year, it's changed a yeah. lot. So. Yeah.
1: But I will say from a from an actual content delivery perspective, like when we plan what we're going to talk about, um, I think having regular sponsors and partnerships actually helps us. I think it keeps us really um, disciplined about, okay, we're going to talk about this and we're going to deliver it in, you know, a 20 minute segment here. And I feel so much more organized, I guess is the right word about the way we plan our conversations. And part of that is because of the integration of ads. It just, it's, it's a, it's a staple of the structure of our show. I'm using hand motions right now that you can't see, but. um, Well,
0: I would also say that for me, when we were talking about how we first did the show, I don't remember really following along with the outline very much. I don't think we used,
1: so we have a shared Google doc. I don't think we used it I think we maybe emailed something back and forth to each other for a while. And then for a long time, you didn't know where the outline was. I'd always say, oh, I put that, I put a few (laughs) notes in the outline doc. You you send me the link every
0: time. For a long time. And it really wasn't until we started having to make sure like we knew what we were talking about for ads that I started getting in the outline and really paying close attention to it. And I think it's made the show better because now I'm more, I know what you're going to say, kind of like we still are off the cuff for a lot of it. But at least we know where we're going. It's like funny. as driving the bus, but at least I know like what exit we're getting off.
1: Yeah, it's like what the map, like what state you're in, <laughs> right. what country you're in. Yeah, it's funny. That's one of those things you might think we would have gotten less or more relaxed about. But I think our outlines and our structure is actually more over the four years than it yeah, was in the beginning. um. So we have to play our old intros. I'm just going to have our sound engineer insert them. And if I can dig up a couple bloopers, I'm going to do those too. We'll play those at the very end, hopefully. Um. But let's just listen to our very first intro and then our second intro. And you guys already know what the third one sounds like. So we'll do that now. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom
0: of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Mom Hour with myself, Megan Francis, and my good friend, Sarah Power. everyone and welcome to episode 101 of the mom hour I am Megan Francis here as always okay Sarah. so we've
1: already talked a little bit about this but the first one obviously I penned all of my children into a specific age that turns Oops. out they didn't, <laughs> they didn't
0: stay <laughs> they didn't those say that age. numbers and this, we weren't good at re-recording intros at that point no
1: so I don't know if you remember but we recorded the second one in a hotel room in Denver and yes um, <laughs> we 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 were huddled around one mic, but we at least had a good mic, and we were in person. And I just remember a ton of outtakes. That's what I'm hoping to play a few at the very end. So listen. To it's really hard end. to
0: do something like that when you're in the same room. Like I felt like we were laughing a lot. We laughed
1: so much, and um, it's it's a it, just like if you're a copywriter, it's really hard to write really short copy. It's hard to say what you want to say in a short amount of time. So I remember that being a challenge. And then when we recorded the current iteration, you were out in Santa Barbara visiting me at my parents' house, and it was basically the biggest heat wave I've ever experienced in growing it up. It felt there, like my, being,
0: having a hairdryer blasted all over your body. And Santa Barbara is a cool beach town, so yeah. people
1: don't have air conditioning. It's It never gets above like 80 degrees, and if it does, it's for like a week. And this was like, it was like in the high 90s, and we had to have the curtains closed and the windows closed because we were recording. So I just remember sitting in a hot, sweaty bed basically trying to get you know, this one why done. why did
0: we always want to do this when we were together that doesn't make any sense now that I think about it we would have been much better off just doing them um, the way we do everything else
1: I think now but I think back <laughs> in the day some of the um like connection issues were oh, yeah. they were so unpredictable it's like we didn't yeah. want to record a canned intro that might have well, some technical and, stuff and there are
0: things we drag our feet on that we mm-hmm. don't do until we're together in person like yep. there are definitely things that we like we put off, we procrastinate because we don't, for whatever reason, they feel like a big, big deal. Yeah. And so those things tend to happen when we're in the same place.
1: It, it's true. Although I've kind of changed my tune about recording episodes. We, we used to always say, oh, we're going to be together. Let's record an episode. It's not fun. It's hard. It's, we don't yeah, want to, like we want right. to hang out. So it's fun to record little stuff, like do a Facebook live for our Patreons or something like that. But it's, it's hard to record a real episode when we're together. Yeah, it is. We don't do it anymore.
0: Nope. Um, Which means we usually double up. The week before and sometimes when we get
1: back as well. Yeah. Um, So another thing that's changed about the actual content is adding, adding other people to this show and adding other types of shows. So I just went back because I wanted to have the dates in front of me. So we started doing interviews um, just over a year after. So in May of 2016 was our very first Voices episode and we didn't call it the Mom Hour Voices At that time, what did we call it? We called them bonus interviews. Bonus interviews. It was your idea. You're like, this isn't bonus content. This is like regular content. It just needs its own name. I remember that was you. So that was your idea to call them voices interviews, which I love. And we haven't missed a month, I don't think. So we do those monthly. And then the more than mom was a. That was a pretty big add on because we were already stretched thin in terms of the amount of episodes we were putting out. Um, But it was a great idea. And most, I think a lot of people really love them. And and we did hear from people like, I really like the parenting stuff more. And then we hear from other people who are like, I love the, the not just mom stuff, the more than mom. So we started those in February of 2018. So a little over a year ago. Um, And then. And
0: we have to remind ourselves sometimes that not everyone has to like everything we do. I know that sounds like really obvious, but like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's okay if we put out stuff that you guys don't like we've had people email us before and I kind of almost ask permission to yeah. not to not listen to certain things I'm like yeah. we don't we have no idea who's yeah. listening to what no. so you can do whatever you like you whatever works for skip you our ads and skip yeah.
1: our whatever else and yeah um no that's a really good point um we also brought Katie on the show monthly ish starting in twenty seventeen, early twenty seventeen. And then it's funny because Katie's is our resident new mom. Katie's still on the show. She's our books contributor now. But just like my kids not staying two, five, and seven, Katie didn't really stay a resident, truly new mom. She had just had baby number two, two kids under two when I met her. Um so she had an infant. And now, of course, those kids are like two and four. See, when
0: we hired her, I thought I made it clear her kids were not allowed to get older.
1: you have to have babies. You're a resident baby. I was like, mom. I'm
0: sorry, you, you're here forever now. You don't get to go anywhere. Oh, They're getting older.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. But um actually it's we've had great feedback about Katie as a books contributor this year. So she still comes on the show. And then Alison Thompson, who's a co-host over at Crunchy Cocktail Hour, um, started coming on with me every few weeks when she was pregnant with her second. So again, we've had a kind of a resident new mom talking about that going through the transition from one baby to two and that is I think it's so much fun and it just you and I are not in that stage anymore so as much as we like to wax nostalgic we're not in the nitty-gritty so I have a lot of fun with those um but yeah all of that none of that happened for a year or two into the show in the beginning it was just us just the regular thing
0: man we've done a lot of stuff in four years I mean I know four years seems like a long time but now just seeing all these changes and things detailed out there's a lot we've really done a lot yeah wow
1: Um, oh, and then another kind of bonus content we haven't talked about is for Patreon. So, and this yeah. is much more recent. So starting just in December, we started doing two bonus episodes per quarter. So we've done four episodes total, one on discipline one on home decor, one on chores and delegating, and one with our favorite recipes. And they come with like printable resources and fun stuff. Like there's a Pinterest board for one and a playlist yeah. for one. So we try and there's and no include-
0: ads. It's not really- just like a bonus episode. It's no. a little more than that. We yeah. call them audio classes. Yeah, they're audio
1: classes. So um, those have been another really fun outlet for content. And those are yep. for our editor level patrons. If you guys are curious, we'll link up in the show notes. Um, and once you do join that Patreon level, you get access to all the old ones too, which is kind of, which is kind is of cool because now yep. there's a few. Oh, all right. So well, yeah, we've talked about most of it. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what's interesting is like we, we've had now several different editors and you actually could do some editing. So it started off with my now ex-husband John, was mm-hmm. doing all of our edits. And then for a long time, um, my co-host at the radio station, Johnny, was doing all of our edits. Mm-hmm. And then he got a new job at the radio station. And so then we kind of played around with different options, and now we're working with a new sound engineer and, and the company is is making it so that we can do kind of cool stuff that we couldn't Really easily do before, like our 200th episode. Yeah. We had like all that fun. Um, we had all that fun, like kind of overlapping yes. sound. Yes. Yeah. And it's stuff like, like that. A little
1: but, produced package, which is yeah. it's so fun. And yeah, I, I actually have enjoyed learning just the basics it's funny. It's like the reverse journey because a lot of podcasters start out doing their own editing because it's free and yeah. that's what you got to do. And then as they grow, they hire it out. I actually do more of our own editing now than I would have when I started because I didn't know anything. And I usually I do like the little mess ups, the little you know we said the wrong thing or a dog barked. I do those, but I do nothing with regard to kind of the final mastering, the sound quality, and putting right. the music and the intro. I don't do anything like that. I just I just fix our boo-boos basically patch us up and send it off so
0: so what we talked a lot about what's changed what hasn't changed what do you think like I was thinking you know uh, the, our conversation I think I was actually surprised because you listened to the, the first episode yeah. yeah and you told me it was kind of cringy, yeah. And I went and listened to it. And the first five minutes, I mean, it was our very first episode. Yeah. So that sounded very different than now. We obviously did not know how to get into the episode yet. <laughs> like we had a sponsor. We really didn't know how to do it. Like it was like, we didn't know how to get into the show. But once we kind of hit our stride around like the seven minute mark, I think we sounded just like we do now. Like I, I felt like our conversation was very similar.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it, it was your I- mic
0: wasn't on or you didn't have one, but yeah. you know, that's that's something different. Yeah,
1: I think that that has not changed. I think the way we come up with ideas for what to talk about has gone through ebbs and flows, but it really hasn't changed. Like sometimes we got a whole bunch of ideas and sometimes it's like the morning of recording and we're like what are we going to talk, gonna talk about? about? Like let's yeah. how do we put this together? That hasn't really changed. once we start having a Google doc as an outline that it it looks very similar to probably not the first six months or a year, but the last three years it hasn't changed the way the show notes are structured. Hasn't changed. Yeah. So we, there's, and that makes it easier, right? It's like you, you show up and you do the thing that you know works. And I think that's been nice. It's allowed us to play around with adding and changing stuff, but there's a lot that doesn't change. We, we know, how to do it we have the same hosting provider blueberry that we've had since the beginning so we yeah kind and of... not kind of chasing shiny new things like we've yeah. been
0: approached by lots of other um, hosting providers with offers to move in, and we're just like why would we do that to ourselves yeah. we're really happy with blueberry and like i feel like sometimes you can get really distracted by this or that you know app or whatever yeah like solving a problem you don't have yeah and so we've been able to make it work with what we have and we're really happy with blueberries so we're like oh let's just stay they have great customer service and yeah yeah um i was gonna say one thing that really has i think revolutionized the way we do our our organizing and our prep is voxer
1: yeah that's true we didn't
0: used to use voxer like what it's like been two years if that maybe a year if and a half that. i feel like
1: it was summertime
0: so before that all these conversations would have happened on hangouts or email Yeah, or email we didn't we didn't even talk on the phone like ever. Ever. Never. I remember answering a call from you once because I just happened to be like driving on the highway and you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Know. Why are you answering my yeah, phone call? We probably had like three phone calls in three years. Until yeah, that's crazy. Boxer. Yeah, that's funny. Um, one thing that is new is we have a new website as of this week. We the, well, and it's the it's still the momhour.com. We're not gonna change that for you guys, but um it has a new home, it'll continue to grow and we have blog content on there and ideas for how to continue to grow that. So that's kind of yeah, that's kind of fun. So I'm really
0: excited about going back to our blogging roots a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just like I loved blogging for so long, I kind of burned out on it. But now I feel like my kids are older. I have new things to say and yeah. new ways to say it. And we have a whole new audience, which yeah. makes it feel good too. Like I like the idea of reaching new people. Agreed. With written content. Agreed.
1: So. Um, all right. Well, do you have any predictions on where we'll be four years from now? It feels like a well,
0: long time. Well, geez, my youngest will be 14. I will only have two kids left at home at that point, I'm assuming. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like, even though four years there's been so much that's happened in my life in the last four years it has gone by really fast yeah so i feel like the next four is going to go by really fast too i think we'll continue to grow our network and produce new stuff yeah and i think i would love at some point for the mom hour to kind of be just a place for moms to come and even if it's not always you and me doing the content um all the content all the time like mm-hmm. just to have a, a home like yeah. a like a happy encouraging supportive home and and I don't know how we'll make that
1: happen. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have lots of crazy ideas. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Any predictions? No, I think I could see more live events or more getting yeah. out and like, um, like making the community, giving more ways for the community to be with us and us to be with the community and the community connect to connect with each other. But yeah, I don't know what that looks like. And yeah, in four years, my kids will be 10, almost 13 and almost 15 crazy Mm. so you're like like how your youngest three are now yeah that's crazy why why does that happen how does that even they just keep getting older i don't know (laughs) um okay well before we wrap i wanted to ask a favor we haven't asked this in a long time but just letting you know that your reviews in uh apple podcasts which used to be called itunes that's another thing that's changed since we started this show um Those reviews are still hugely helpful to us, as helpful as they were in the very early days. Um, A lot of moms discover shows. A lot of moms are brand new to listening to podcasts. They don't even know which ones to listen to. Um, And we would love for them to discover our show because they... Type in the word mom or a review catches their eye. So if you've not done that, we would love if you would leave us a review. And if you listen somewhere else and it has a way to leave us a rating or review, we appreciate that as well. Yeah.
0: And in fact, those other places often we don't have as many because not as many people leave them. So, and I don't know how to do them. So I don't know. Yes. We can't tell you how to do it, but, (laughs) but you could probably figure it out. Um, or just, you know, I think actually. Um, Apple Podcast has the most difficult review system yeah. like I had a really hard
1: time leaving yeah. reviews on it so we do have a little tutorial on our site I'll link it up yeah. in the show notes but we appreciate yeah. that
0: and you guys should check back on Tuesday because we will be doing an episode about summer planning it's hard to believe that's right around the corner but it is and we're going to talk about kind of all the logistics and the practical stuff and I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of what that looks like when you are divorced or separated family and so we have a lot of, this is going to be a jam-packed one
1: yeah it'll be a good one so we will talk to you guys on Tuesday thanks for listening bye
0: Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms
1: with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own tips and personal. Okay, just start over. Hi, I'm Megan. And I know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Megan.
0: Okay. No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Megan.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Still bad on the last one. Do you want to just try that line again? Yeah. You can I place it. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. That was better. That was better. Hi, I'm Sarah.
0: And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country. Let's start that again.
1: We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement.
0: And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. I think that you should say motherhood's a lot easier. It's coming off a little a little stilted. Okay. Okay. Let's try it one more time.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share. Sorry, I'm gonna do that one again. Mm -hmm. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement and remind you that it's really all going to be okay.
0: We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour.
1: the Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code The Mom 20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save
0: 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter.